Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the College to Pro.com NFL Draft Lab. Another edition of the CollegeProPro.com NFL Draft Blast. I am your show host, Paul Marshawn. As always, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us as we bring you the next collection of tomorrow's NFL stars. And one of the gentlemen who know more about those NFL stars than anybody is NFL Draft Guru Justin Van Fulpen. If you're familiar with the show, then you're familiar with Justin brings to the table. He's directed all-star games. He's helped provide guys path to the NFL. He's also an NFL agent and an NFL insider and a very knowledgeable man. You can also check out his stuff at football. I believe it's football next level, Justin? Yep. That's why I want to yes, make sir. sure. And uh, and the one thing Justin provides is that insight. And it, I love when he passes it off on Twitter or shoots me any of his links. It's a first read for me. It's one of the absolute musts. Again, and was, you know, we all love knowing about the, you know, hey, this guy's uh, – you know, this guy is this, this guy might be hurt. But if you just kind of want to know more about the intertwined, the inner things that go on behind the scenes of what makes the NFL the NFL, um, Justin is the man to know. And tonight he's going to provide his top 32 2021 NFL draft prospects. And, again, if you miss any of these episodes, you can check them out at Apple Podcasts. You can check them out at Blog Talk Radio. Or you can listen in live here at the 6 p.m. slot with none other than Justin Van Fulpen. Justin, well, happy Thanksgiving to you. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't touched base in a while, but, again, we always appreciate you stopping by. And, and uh, we were joking around before we went, we went live is we did a similar show back in May, and uh, it'll be curious. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it myself to find out uh, which guys remain in the top two, which guys dropped out, and which guys are the new faces. But with that said, and I don't think there's going to be much debate on who the – preemptive number one is as of today, but nonetheless, it's your show. And why don't you start taking us through these names? Yeah. I mean, you look at obviously number one, Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the quarterback there, Clemson, you know, he's been the, the, you know, number one overall pick in this year's draft, you know, for basically, you know, two and a half years now, um, you know, and everybody was, you know, looking to this, you know, a generational prospect, you know, to, to the likes of, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, everyone kind of, you know, when those guys were there, pegged them to be, you know, a NFL superstar. Uh, obviously, you know, Peyton Manning now is, is up for the Hall of Fame, and many people believe that he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I don't think there's any debate about that. Um, you know, obviously Elway is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Andrew Luck, if he doesn't have some of those injuries, he was trending to be a Hall of Famer. And that's what people expect of Trevor Lawrence is being a Hall of Fame type uh, quarterback, a a once in a generational type guy there. Uh, But then, you know, you look at, you know, there is some talk as far as you go to to number two on the top 32 board, and that's quarterback Justin Fields. And there is, there's people that I've talked to that think, you know, Justin Fields might end up being, the number one overall pick, you know, that, you know, people like his athleticism a little bit more. And, and again, we're in that standpoint of, 
you know, kind of you want an athlete. And not that Trevor Lawrence isn't a great athlete, but but Justin Fields probably a little better as far as, you know, running the ball and doing kind of some of the things that you see uh, as far as uh, a Lamar Jackson, you know, or, or Taysom Hill that we saw, you know, with the, the Saints coming, you know, there. So not to do an athlete level as as Lamar Jackson, but many few are. But there are some people that say, hey, do the Jets say, hey, let's let's roll the dice and, you know, go with Justin Fields. And that's going to be an interesting thing if they stick with the number one overall pick, them or Jacksonville. Obviously, both of those guys, you know, came out of the same high school class. They were, they were one-two in the – as far as high school, uh, you know, as far as rankings. When they came out of uh, high school there, they're, they're, they're locked. Uh, obviously, they're both from Georgia. One went to Clemson, one went to Georgia. Obviously, then Fields transfers to Ohio State and is having a, a you know, Heisman tr- uh, Forest type of season. So is, you know, Trevor Lawrence. So it'll be interesting to see – you know, what definitely happens. But I think, uh, you know, by far and away, those two guys are ahead of the, the class as far as anybody. Everybody expects them to go you know, one, uh, two, uh, you know, similar to all the quarterbacks we've seen go, you know, in the, in the first round, quarterbacks that's gone, you know, one, two, and there always been debates about those guys. You know, uh, we talked about, you know, Peyton Manning, but, you know, we get the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf standpoint there. And we've seen quarterbacks go one, two, three. You know, you had uh, the Tim Couch, um, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith go one, two, three in that draft. So it's going to be, you know, interesting uh, there, um, you know, with what happens uh, in terms of the quarterbacks there. And, again, teams are, are looking for quarterbacks there. So, um, we'll go through the first five and then and then kick it back to you. The third guy, Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle with with Oregon. You know, as far as again opted out of this season. You know, a franchise left tackle to the the, the likes of you know a Walter Jones, a uh, you know um, a Orlando Pace. You know, guys there. And if, if we didn't have these two quarterbacks there, he could definitely be the number one overall pick you know, in the draft, but Penny Sewell's a, you know, he, you know, you look at him and go, Hey, he can be as far as a NFL hall of famer. Uh, and that's where you're, you're trying to draft those guys who are multiple pro bowls, multiple all pro type guys. When you're drafting that high uh, for Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn state, obviously Penn state, you know, hasn't won a game this year and, and he opted out and didn't play. And he was a, a driving force of that defense and they sorely miss him. You know, again, I think there's a little bit drop-off once you get past the top three guys there in terms of on a rating standpoint. But, you know, Micah Parsons, is, you know, it's to that type of level uh, there. You're always looking for linebackers not only can do multiple things as far as rush the passer, but also be a guy who can cover, be a sure tackler there. And Micah Parsons should be a Pro Bowl-type, you know, linebacker in the NFL. And then uh, number five, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU, um, you know, again, a guy who opted out with the Blitnikoff Award winner uh, last year, uh, and, and definitely, you know, um, somebody who is a the number one overall for his receiver there. So, top five, you know, and then you know, you know, kind of, what are your thoughts with those with those five there, uh, Bo? Well, you know, I'm well. Obviously, I think the big discussion. We obviously we're going to talk about Trevor and Justin, the two quarterbacks going off at the top. Justin, and you know, when I watch this, you know, I and 
I I don't get enamored with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I I mean that's why I'm asking. What am I missing about Trevor Lawrence? And we'll get to Justin Fields too because I I am you know I I I did not like Dwayne Haskins coming out, and it just goes back to Ohio State in terms of you know uh, Terrell Pryor. Uh, Braxton, um, uh, JT Barrett, Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, when I think of schools with just five-star athletes that are just super delicious to watch at the collegiate level, especially offensively, I don't think you're going to find a finer school than, than Ohio State in terms of just guys that are sickly gifted, and especially when they put these guys at the quarterback position. But we'll get back to Justin and what maybe might make him different for the guys that I've named that have not been able to deliver in the NFL. We've seen Dwayne Haskins after one year, Ron Rivera's already said, Hey, you know what? We don't see it. We don't, we don't see what's happened. And I know, I know, I know David Gettleman of the Giants took a beating for tackle Daniel Jones, who I really, really liked. He was my favorite quarterback coming out of, you know, the draft class last year, absent of the big names, but you know, I thought Daniel Jones was a, was a good fit at number six and, you know, People said, how did Dwayne Haskins fall? And I asked myself, how did he even go in the first round? But again, what am I missing on Trevor Lawrence? Because it's not that I dislike him, but I just, you know, some, you know, you, you watch as much college football as anyone, Justin. When I watch him play, I just don't get that sense like, wow. You know, and we get that from certain guys. And, you know, but, you know, it's not, and I've missed on guys. It's just not, you know, I could get, I, I got a laundry list of guys that I, you know, Russell Wilson, I went out of the senior bowl. I was not impressed. And now he, you know, every single year we can say, you know, the best quarterback in the National Football League. So I don't want to say that I'm some kind of, you know, guy that doesn't miss on guys, but that's why I'm asking you, what am I missing about Lawrence that makes him so special? Well, I, I think, you know, number one, he's a guy who can make all the throws. I mean, you're not, there's not a throw in the NFL that he can't make. Number two, he, he's a, before as a good athlete, you know, and he's been a guy who's been a winner there, you know, obviously, and you could, you know, just like Ohio State, Clemson's littered with offensive uh, skill players there. But I think in terms of you look at, he's six six, he's tough. Uh, you know, he's a guy who, again, can make all the throws. Is accurate. Uh, you know, accurate not only short but short to deep there. And I think you know when you're looking for that type of a guy, a franchise type quarterback there, I think he checks all the boxes. Now the question is, is you know, and, and you can see it. Okay, he's got that long, beautiful, luscious locks like you do, and maybe that's what's you know not giving you know you're hating on him because of his hair. You know, I, you know, I you know I don't know. You know, um, you, you know there. And, and again, he might he's got kind of an aloof uh, personality. You know, you know he's not he's not that okay in your face. You know, uh, rah rah type guy there. You know, so I I, I can see where. You know, you can look at that, but, you know, and again, we, you can only go off of what you see, you know, and again, you, you can't really measure a guy's heart, and that's what usually bites guys in the butt, you know, in terms of whether the, you, you underestimated their heart or you overestimated, you know, as far as their heart there in terms of their love and passion for the game. And, you know, is it they love it to compete or do they love it because of what it gives them, uh, whether it's notoriety, money, fame, et cetera there. So I think as far as – I just don't know what not to like about Trevor Lawrence in terms of his game there. Again, like you said, I think there's – hey, you know, there's some aloofness and some, hey, he'd like them to be more of that rah-rah type leader stuff there, but he's, he's been a, 
you know, good leader off the field, obviously with the social justice movements that he's done, tried to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, galvanize the college football scene there. Uh, but I just, you know, that's where I think, okay, hey, if you're, if you're, you know, kind of building a quarterback and you want to take all those check marks off, that's, that's the guy you're building. I like it. I like it. And how about Justin again? And why don't we get to Justin? What, you know, what, what makes Justin, you know, different from the, you know, cause again, I'm, I'm just hesitant. I, I always go back and until I see a change in the pattern, you know, I remember back in the day when Spirio with the Gators, you could look at Riddell Anthony and Jacquez Green, you know, these guys are just crazy productive at Florida, but then again, they, you know, they go on the NFL careers where they just don't resonate that same, that same, you know, you know, oh, wow, you know, number one type status. And, you know, I thought they felt, so that's where I kind of look at, you know, Justin Fields in Ohio State. And, you know, I, I, I know every prospect's different, but again, I, I think there, I know there are systems and we could you know, look at Mike Krzyzewski and Duke, you know, there was a long period where, you know, you question some of these guys, Cherokee Parks, Bobby Hurley, you know, some of the Christian Slater. I mean, you know, guys that, um, Christian Leighton, I should say, you know, guys that were awesome in the system, but then they get to the NBA, they're really not the guys that we saw at the collegiate level. So what does Justin Fields, you know, what's different about him that these scouts are going to say, wow. And, you know, we saw Haskins slip and, and the real quick tidbit, Justin, um, the last nine drafts, the, now this, now previous nine drafts, the, the ACC is ahead with seven. There's 28 quarterbacks drafted in the first round since um, 2012, but uh, the ACC is at seven. They, they lead, but this is the big one. The Big Ten has won one quarterback in the last nine years drafted in, in the first round, and that's Haskins. And I'm going to let you take a guess, and you got to go back on this one. He played in a Super Bowl. He lost it, but he was the last quarterback selected in the first round. Can you go back? Think about it. Kerry Collins, Penn State. You, boom. That is why he is the NFL draft guru, <laughs> Justin Van Poopen. Nailing Steph Curry deep. With the three Jets, and that was fantastic. I had to go back. I kept looking, and I'm like, am I missing something? And I kept going back, and I was like, wow. And I even wrote it down in my notes. I'm like, Gary Collins, 1995. So, uh, you knew, and you didn't even hesitate, man. You were eager. You went into the huddle. You told Phil Jackson, give me that ball. I'm shooting it. So, I mean, so I mean, I think right there, you just got to look at the Big Ten. I mean, you know what I mean? Just to, as quarter, you know, we could say other guys. I mean, Tom Brady. Six round, bye, 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 you know, but I mean, but in terms of first round guys, they kind of get, you know, blindsided, I guess, a little bit, you know, in terms of not getting that recognition, maybe deserved, maybe not well deserved. But with all that said, what am I missing on Justin Fields? Or I should say, what does Justin Fields do differently where he cannot follow the same path as the quarterbacks from Ohio State that had a lot of accolades leaving uh, Columbus? Well, I think, you know, I think in terms of Dwayne Haskins, you know, if you compare those two guys there, you know, Fields is a lot better athlete than Haskins, you know, was. I mean, you know, and he's – and I think as far as that mental makeup there, I mean, Dwayne Haskins was charging guys, charging people to come to his draft party that he had at a bowling alley. I mean, so, I mean, there right there is a red flag there. Like, you're going to charge get people to come to your draft party? You know, like, okay, that you know, like, okay. I mean, to me, those are the, those are the things that you look at there and, like, you know, and I think in terms of also, if you look at, you know, Fields wasn't a Big Ten uh, recruit. He, he, you know, came from Georgia to, to you know, then go to the Big Ten country there. So, you know, so, yeah, yeah, he's going to be an, you know, ultimately a, you know, a, uh, uh, 
Big Ten quarterback as far as drafted. But again, he wasn't you know, initially a Big Ten guy there. So, you know, um, and I think in terms of, again, his accuracy, you know, he had a, you know, kind of a, a rough a day against Indiana this past Saturday with throwing three interceptions. But before, you know, that game all of last year and different things, like he didn't, you know, doesn't turn the ball over um, there. So, you know, again, big athletic, strong arm can make all the throws there, you know, is accurate. And I think that's one thing that people kind of, you know, get miss, you know, there in terms of also accuracy in terms of, okay, Dwayne Haskins, they ran a lot of crossing routes, you know, and okay, you know, he threw it to those, you know, Paris Campbell and let, you know, Paris Campbell run for 60 yards. I think if you look at uh, a Justin Fields, his deep ball accuracy, you know, makes him okay. Hey, you know, to that next, next level there. And I think in terms of, if you look at these two quarterbacks and you put them within, you know, going for the last three years, what they would be the number one overall pick either one of them, whether it have been over Joe Burrow, over uh, Kyler Murray and over uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, so I think in terms of as far as grading out that high uh, there with those two quarterbacks, I think in terms of, you know, the NFL, uh, you know, they, they're in good hands with a lot of young, you know, quarterbacks, but we've got a lot of, you know, guys that are going to come in this year's draft that hopefully will pan out and continue this kind of resurgent and golden era for, for the young quarterbacks there in the NFL. Excellent. And, and, and terrific insight. Once again, Justin Van Fulpoint here on the C2P talking the top 32 NFL draft prospects for 2021. If you miss any of these shows at um, it live and in person, you can check them out at Apple music, Apple podcasts, and you can also check them out at blog talk radio. And uh, again, we appreciate you listening in and we once again, appreciate Justin stopping by and sharing his insight. Um, you know, you mentioned Micah Parsons, the, the fantastic Penn state linebacker and him off the and out. And you have him going number four overall, so I know that's not going to hurt his, uh, you know, draft stock going number four overall, especially if you had a tackle and two quarterbacks. But um, what are you hearing behind the scenes in terms of, uh, you know, scouting departments and how they're going to go about just, uh, you know, missing these guys? Because we know, you know, fall grades and, you know, the Bledsoe reports and all this stuff comes out. And there can be a big change in what these guys do from, you know, last year's tape to this year's film that, you know, maybe, you know, really – you know, jettisons them up the boards or sometimes, you know, they can take a big step backwards. Um, so in terms of guys like himself and all the others that are kind of these elite prospects, what do you think is going to be the process, how teams kind of try to grasp of, you know, not having this film to go on this year and just going what they had previously? Yeah, I think some guys it's going to hurt. I think if you're not a, you know, top 50 type guy there, you know, it's definitely, you know, uh, you know, should have been beneficial to, to go and play uh, there. But, uh, you know, again, Micah Parsons, everyone's loved him. And, you know, again, he saved some wear and tear on his body. So that that's going to be interesting to see if it, it, you know, if he lives up to kind of that hype and keeps that type of draft stock where everybody kind of has got him right now there, you know, with, with a top 10 type pick there. Excellent. And you mentioned Jamar Chase. And I remember – and we did one of these shows a few years back. Well, it had to be when A.J. Brown, the receiver out of Ole Miss, was heading to the NFL. And this was the year before his draft. But I remember you mentioned A.J. Brown. And, you and, and, and you know, kind of a quiet as a rookie. But, man, he has really emerged as a premier wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. So, um, does Jamar Chase, I mean, do you kind of look at him as that same type of guy with that same type of potential? Yeah, I mean, he's, he could be a true number one, you know, as far as wide receivers. 
And the thing we've seen in terms of these young receivers, whether it's rookies or second-year guys, in terms of the impact that you know can make. And, and again, we're going to as far as the NFLs become a passing league. As uh, far as most defensives, you know, instead of being based, or there are a lot of as far as nickel, you know, with three wide receiver sets becoming more and more the rage. And again, you've got to have skill guys. And you, you, if you have a, a young quarterback to be able to pair you know, with a Jamar Chase. I mean, you look at, you know, as far as having true number one talents there, you know, again, uh, the, the quarterbacks who, who struggle, they don't have really true, you know, far as number one type playmakers. I mean, Sam Darnold, you know, with the Jets, yes, they're going to get the number one overall pick or, or you know, a top type pick there, but Sam Darnold's never played with an elite type of playmaker uh, uh, there, you know. So, again, you've got to have – guys who, who can make plays for your young quarterback to help them out, even as far as the veteran quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, Matthew Stafford, once they don't have Kenny Galladay, you know, and they've, they've struggled this season. So, again, you've got to have elite playmakers on the outside, and Jamar Chase is obviously one of the, the elite guys that's going to be draft eligible this year. Excellent stuff. Now, that was one through five, and we took a little bit of a lengthy time, and I think that's as expected. I mean, why don't we have to discuss the first two quarterbacks and the quarterbacks and what make the NFL go. And you're talking about two elite prospects and Lawrence and Fields. So I don't think we'll be as lengthy in terms of going through each one of these, you know, five section player units. We might, we might get sidetracked, but nonetheless, I think that's going to be the bulk of it just because these guys are the top cream of the top type prospects. But uh, let's go through six through 10 Jets. And who do you have coming up the pike now? Yeah, we've got two more quarterbacks coming in here. So, you know, Trey Lance, the quarterback out of North Dakota State, obviously played one game there. You know, all the physical tools. Obviously, you know, some people thought, hey, he should go back or should transfer, you know, to a power five type thing there. Uh, But, you know, he's going to get drafted. And and some people love him. Some people don't like him as much there. Uh, I think you've got to bet on those traits, bet on, you know, hey, didn't throw an interception, you know, as a redshirt freshman. Uh, last year and, and led them to a national title there. Uh, seven, Patrick Sertain, the cornerback out of Alabama. Obviously, his dad played in the NFL, a long athletic co- uh, corner. And if you, like we talked about in terms of the receivers, a passing league, you need elite shutdown-type corners there. He can be. He's the best. He's probably better than even Jeff Okuda, who was the third overall pick last year. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida. He's just a beast in terms of, you know, matchup nightmare. Early in the season, a lot of people, you know, he, he was making a run from the Heisman, uh, you know, and you see that at a tight end position. That's just crazy in terms of how good he was. Unfortunately, he's had some concussion issues and missed the last couple of games there. But he is a matchup nightmare we've seen in terms of what Travis Kelsey's, you know, what he's done for Kansas City's offense, what, you know, uh, Kittle – what George Kittle in terms of what he's been able to do and help leading San Francisco last year to the Super Bowl and without him being healthy this season, how that's been an impact uh, there. So he's a, he's a playmaker on the outside there. Uh, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver at Alabama at nine, uh, obviously just overtook uh, Amari Cooper this past uh, Saturday for the touchdown lead there in the uh, SEC. Just an elite guy. A lot of people uh, compare him to a Marvin Harrison type player who was a Hall of Famer, uh, you know, and helped Peyton Manning and them win a Super Bowl uh, there. And Marvin Harrison, in terms of just on a, a pure great route runner, 
has excellent speed there. Again, a true as uh, far as number one wide receiver. And then at 10, the one guy I know we didn't talk about in the show in May in terms of the uh-huh. way too early top 32 is Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, uh, a guy who's just made a you know rocket launch in here. And again, he's a quarterback. And the NFL just, you know, there's, there's a number of teams that need quarterbacks. And like you had mentioned, Washington, you know, is, is going to move on from a Dwayne Haskins. They've seen, okay, hey, we made an error. We've got to, we've got to do that. The Jets are probably going to move on from a Sam Darnold. You know, does what does Atlanta do? You know, forwards with Matt Ryan. What does the Lions do with a Matthew Stafford? You know, as far as Jacksonville, we know is going to as far as quarterbacks. So there's just a number of quarterbacks. You look at Tampa Bay. Obviously, they're going to be picking later in the thing, but Tom Brady's not going to play till he's 50. You know, most likely. So they're going to have to draft a successor uh, there. So in terms of there's just a number of teams in terms of uh, that need quarterbacks and, and Zach Wilson's a guy who, you know, there, and I could see in terms of Trey Lance, I mean, we could see quarterbacks potentially going, depending on what teams and how the, the far as shake out, we might see a quarterbacks go one, two, three, four, you know, just in terms of huh. that's how much people like uh, these other two quarterbacks there uh, in, in this year's draft class. I love it. And, and think about this. I mean, you're assuming that Lance and Fields go both in the first round next year, we can say in the last decade, there's been two quarterbacks drafted out of the Big Ten, and there's two quarterbacks out of the Mahoning Valley football contract drafted in the first round as well. So that's kind of a crazy mindset to think that the Mahoning Valley football conference has as many first round quarterbacks as the Big Ten perceived as one of the best uh, conferences in football right there below the SEC. Depending on where you live, um, there's a lot of controversy, a lot of pride with all these schools and what they bring to the table. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up Zach Wilson as well. It just seems like every year, I mean, you could kind of look at Cam Newton, back to Carson Palmer, Baker Mayfield. Um, You know, there's always those guys who kind of really start to rise the cream, you know, they rise to the top as the season goes on. You know, they're, they're kind of, they're on the outside looking in, you know, you know, bluster reports, spring, you know, you know that they're a good quarterback that senior year though, just everything kind of falls in place and they just skyrocket up the charts. And, you know, it just seems like once that happens, you know, RG three with, you know, Andrew Luck, I mean, Andrew Luck was the, you know, bona fide number one pick forever. And then who is this guy out of Baylor? And he, you know, and at that point, you know, it's easy to look back now and say, what? But, you know, at that point, there was a lot of people who were saying, hey, you know what? We're going to take RG3 over luck. I mean, you know, there's a lot of controversy, and that's like every year. But I think Zach Wilson is that guy this year, that guy that was kind of not on the radar. When we spoke back in March or back in May with the top 32, like you said, he wasn't a guy. But, you know, what this college season has brought has brought Zach Wilson to life, and that's why we're talking about him. Um, once again, Justin Van Fulpen, Van Fulpen, football next level. Check out his stuff. You can also follow him on Twitter at JV Fulpen. Not, he just says no Justin. It's J, his last name, Van Fulpen. And then you can also uh, listen to, again, to this podcast, Apple Music, Blog Talk Radio. Justin, we've gone 1 through 10. Why don't you take us through 11 through 15? 11, wide receiver out of Alabama, another one, Jalen Waddle, obviously, you know, with having an electric year, not only as a wide receiver, but also as a returner, you know, and, and again, had a broken ankle, you know, good news. He's, he's got the cast up. There's some potential. He might be able to, you know, come back and, and play, you know, in a, in a playoff game or a championship game there. 
if Alabama would get to either one of those, which most likely they will. And then you go 12, Sam Cosby, the offensive tackle at Texas. Uh, you know, just again, a, a starting left tackle in the you know the NFL. Again, a great pass protector, good run blocker. Uh, again, with the NFL being what it is in terms of a passing league, you, you need the guys to be able to pat, you know uh, block and protect your franchise quarterback, and he is right up there. Uh, another big corner, you know, comes in at number thirteen, Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Obviously, opted out, didn't play this season. But again, he's a long, athletic corner, and you got to have those guys to you know match up with the guys like Jamar Chase and um, they're on the outside, and he can he can definitely do that. Fourteen, Jeremiah Owosu Kamara, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. If you just put up one tape there, put on the Clemson tape. Look at what he did against Clemson in terms of being all over the field, not only as a run defender, a pass rusher, but also as a guy who can get get there and, and cover wide receivers and cover the elite type of wide receivers that Clemson has. He was the reason there on defense why they're so good and why they are you know contending for a playoff spot and why they beat you know uh, for his Clemson without Justin uh, excuse me Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but again, that the, the quarterback DJ, and I will not attempt to say his last name, but DJ is a guy who's you know we're going to talk about uh, in, in two years being the, potentially the number one overall pick there. So again, put on that tape if you want to see as far as what that Notre Dame linebacker can do and why he is a top fifteen prospect. And then number fifteen defensive end Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Uh, he's been out the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Michigan's had a disappointing season, but he's a a top prospect. And we talk about. As far as edge rushers, guys who can get to the quarterback there, he's probably, you know, if not the best uh, kind of guy there. And we don't have an elite guy. We don't have a Miles-type Garrett there. But I think Quiddy Pay on a lot of people's radar is, you know, that number one type of edge guy uh, there right now. Um, and and Quiddy Pay, again, a guy to, to keep your eye on, kind of rising up as far as draft boards with NFL teams. They like to see what he can do, again, as an edge guy to go get that quarterback. And that's 11 through 15. Fantastic stuff. And, you know, and, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Jeremiah Wasu Kamara, I mean, uh, I, I saw him play live at Pitt and, uh, you know, I, he just, he's so active. I thought he moved so well. I mean, I'm looking at my notes right now, you know, I put tweener size, safety linebacker, thick frame, but active moves well, shows lateral sideline range, looks comfortable dropping in the coverage and eager, eager to attack the run good knack for not getting tied up when being blocked. And the list goes on again. It was just a lot of positive, positive, positive things. And uh, like I said, uh, he could be one of these guys down at the senior bowl. Hopefully if that senior bowl gets underway, and we'll talk about a little bit about these all-star games as well as we go through the show, but I'm uh, very, very pleased with the way uh, that Notre Dame linebacker looks. And like you said, he's been a big factor on why, you know, they're in contention for the uh, college football playoffs. Um, and then again, uh, pay Michigan. We know that's not the year. Um, I'd be reluctant not to ask you're a Michigan man. Uh, well, at least you live in the state of Michigan. I don't know if you're a Wolverine fan, Justin, but nonetheless, um, do you think Harbaugh stays in Michigan? And, and if not, when's, when did he pull the trigger? Well, I think in terms of, you know, it's either you, you kind of got to go long-term to him or you got to fire him this year because he only has one year left on his deal. Talks of an extension there before kind of the pandemic hit there and they were working on that Uh, but again I think you know many Michigan fans and people here in the state want to uh, kind of see the the team go in another direction 
there. And I think with the losses that they've had, and most likely, obviously, they've got a big game against Ohio State at the end of the season. And unless they can pull that win off, I think Jim Harbaugh probably is, you know, will will kind of go his separate ways there with the university, and they'll look on to, to move on to see what they can do because you've got to be able to beat Michigan, uh, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State, and, and be, be a contender for what you're paying Jim Harbaugh f- for. And he just hasn't done that, you know, since he's been here with the University of Michigan. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a unique thing. Like I said, yeah, I mean, uh, you thought maybe things would be uh, turned around, at least uh, at least be a little bit uh, more competitive, especially in those big games. Um, Justin, well, so we're on through 16, 16 through twenty, and as we go down the list, um, I, I like this year. Um, one thing I'm looking, I have the list up because you sent it to me earlier, and I don't want to give too many things away. Um, but uh, I know there's one guy in particular that we're going to talk about, and he'll be uh, on the next group of players. But um, there are not a lot of LSU Tigers like we saw last year. Yeah, and, and definitely there's there's not. But you know we'll we'll get it we'll get here at, uh, some here at the end of this uh, grouping here. But as far as 16, again another guy we didn't talk about in that as far as way 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 too early is offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech, Christian Darsaw again. He has just risen up as far as draft boards, risen up as far as, uh, as far as prospects rankings. You know, started as a mid-type second rounder, and that's just moving and moving itself up there as a starting, you know, left tackle in the NFL. Again, you can't have too many good offensive linemen to protect those franchise quarterbacks. He's a guy who's uh, as far as good in both the run and the pass, as far as game in terms of blocking. A good feet, good pass set. You know, just a guy, solid, solid guy there. Then you go to 17, a guy, again, who hasn't played this season because he opted out, Greg Rosima uh, from the Miami Hurricanes. Again, uh, a lot of people like him as their number one overall kind of defensive end. I thought Quay Pay is a little bit better, but they're kind of right in that same type of mix uh, there. Uh, Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Again, we talked about Justin Fields, but Chris Olave is uh, right there in terms of one of the most important you know players there for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Again, an elite type wide receiver, number one type skill set. There, we're seeing more and more receivers be able to come in and contribute and be impact players early, and, and that before you didn't have you know you, they took receivers maybe took a little bit longer to develop in terms of route running. But this is a guy who's a great route runner. Speed, athletic, smooth, just a guy who, you know, you want as a number one or number two wide receiver on your team. Again, another Penn State guy here. And, again, they've had a rough season. He's well didn't play last week and has now opted out again for um, the season. Pat Firemuth, again, he's they call him kind of baby Gronk. Again, a physical guy. He, he's definitely different than what Kyle Pitts is in terms of as far as an athlete but he's definitely more of a better blocker, more like dominant there at the point of attack, a physical guy. And then 20, as far as uh, Terrence Marshall, the wide receiver at LSU. Again, uh, both Marshall and Jamar Chase really helped Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers win a national title uh, last year. And as far as people really have liked what Terrence Marshall has done uh, this year, again, it didn't start as high as he is right now and he is an ascending player. Uh, for his, and again, LSU has had a disappointing season for their standards, uh, but Terrence Marshall is, as far as, again, Jamar Chase, 
not playing, Ter- it's, it's given Terrence Marshall uh, some more play time and helped him move from probably a second round, mid second round pick to potentially a mid first round pick. Excellent stuff, I man. And I, I, I love those guys. And you know, this is where I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I think some of those guys, like you know, you talk about Primers from Penn State. I mean, like you said, that Gronk, baby Gronk type uh, persona about him. And you know, I, I, I'm a, you know, I like uh, you know Mike Zizeski. You know, I was watching him come out with the Nittany Lions. Uh, great, great group uh, from 16 to 20. I, I like that group. I think it's you know we're starting to get a little bit later in the draft, but I still think that there's a lot of value that resonates out of those names you mentioned. And then we finally get that LSU Tiger and Marshall. Um, let's move on 20 to 25, Justin. 20, 21, you talk uh, Sean Wade. The I mean, 21, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sean Wade, the corner out of Ohio State, again, opted to come back, had opted out because obviously the COVID stuff came back. Uh, many people had him very high being a top 10 pick and really, uh, you know, could probably compete with Patrick Sertain. He has disappointed. He's a guy who his stock has slid. We've seen him in terms of gotten beat, uh, you know, repeatedly. Uh, this season, you know, you know, Indiana took advantage of him. You know, he did he did have that pick six for a touchdown, but he, you know, he played in the slot, and he obviously had two first round corners that was in last year's draft, and and Arnett and Okuda uh, that got drafted there, and he was a slot guy. He, you know, basically wanted to play outside to help his draft stock, and it hasn't worked out as well for him. But he's a guy who, again, they'll play high level competition. You know, coming down most likely being in the uh, playoffs, so he'll have a chance to move back up. You look at another guy again. We, we talked about opt-outs. Did they come back? Did they not? Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman there at a Northwestern, as far as a guard center type guy there, um, a first interior offensive lineman. And, again, there's going to be a run here of interior offensive linemen that we're going to talk about. And I think they're all in the similar type vein there, and similar type uh, group there. Uh, Slater, we haven't seen this season. Again, he's training for the NFL Combine. He was a guy who preseason, as far as the NFL scouts, the NFL grades that they had on him were were super high, and, and you kind of just have to say, okay, hey, we haven't, we we can't say he's not as good as what they graded out for him before the season. So you just kind of stick him where where he kind of is there uh, because we don't we don't have any new film to to evaluate there. Wyatt Davis, the guard of Ohio State, again, another guy who opted out and then came back to Ohio State. Again, elite interior offensive lineman. Again, a guy who can not only as far as in the run game, but in the pass game as well. Uh, Trey Smith, the, the offensive line there at Tennessee. Again, this was a guy who was a highly recruited high school prospect, the number one overall high school prospect in his class uh, there. Uh, and again, a, a top offensive line prospect for the next level. And again, like I said, we've got kind of those three three guys there, those interior guys, uh, Slater, Davis, Smith, all in the type, same type of grade there. It's kind of a what's your flavor? Do you like vanilla, chocolate, or, or strawberry? Huh. I think that's where you – you can't go wrong with either. And it's just, hey, which do you prefer there? And as far as 25, you got uh, Carlos uh, Boogie Basham, the, the defensive end from Wake Forest. Again, a guy who many people thought were, would have declared last year, uh, has you know came back and is a guy who's still a dominant edge guy. And again, you could see in terms of him move up based on needs and needs of pass rushers. And again, potentially get drafted higher than than twenty five. You know, depending on what teams have those selections. 
Definitely. And, you know, and I'm glad you brought up Wade. He is a guy that slipped a little bit, but kind of just like Justin Fields, where I'm hesitant when I look at these Ohio State Buckeye quarterbacks, um, that's the other position for Ohio State that I would always feel comfortable. Kind of like any secondary guy from the LSU Tigers, I'm going to always just give them the benefit of the doubt in terms of, you know, past history and production. I mean, Nate Clements, Chris Gamble, Malcolm Jenkins, Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, uh, Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett this past year. You know, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, a lot of talented guys have been able to come out of Columbus and be productive. So, you know, when I look at Wade, I know, and I agree with you, he has had his moments, and he's not lived up to that, you know, pedestal where he entered this season. But nonetheless, I just like the DNA and what they do in Columbus to get these guys ready for that next level. And again, and you know, I, I, those, those guards that you mentioned, I kind of look at those guys as just like this past draft. And we saw in 2020, you know, all the offensive linemen, you, you could have, you know, you like Andrew Thomas. I'm like Mike Day Beckton. I mean, you know, it, it was really a mosh posh of different guys at the offensive line position. And it was kind of funny even watching that draft unfold on Thursday night when we saw these first round guys going off the boards you really couldn't pinpoint what team liked which guy until they actually heard their name called. And I think the same thing about the guards that you mentioned. I think uh, at this point, absent of, you know, the process that lies ahead for all these young men that, uh, you know, it, it is, it's going to be a, unless someone distinguishes himself and separates, uh, you know, from a, a large amount of, uh, you know, ability, um, it, it's going to be on the eye of the holder, uh, which one of those guys goes ahead of the next. Um, with that said, we're, we're almost near the end. Um, why don't we go 26 through what, uh, 29, and then we'll do the last three. How's that? Fair? Okay. 26 through 39. So then you've got uh, 26, you've got the linebacker, kind of, again, another edge pass rusher from Texas, Joseph uh, Osia, as far as a guy, again, you look at his wingspan and just, you know, arms for days. And, again, that's what you need in terms of on a pass rusher guy. Again, an edge. You need somebody to be able to be an athlete guy in a 3-4 type defense to get there. We've seen as far as what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done uh, with their edges, with T.J. Watt and uh, uh, Bud Dupree in terms of being you know, the most dominant team in the NFL. It's because as far as that edge pass rusher, and he gives you that. And then you go to uh, a, a corner uh, that's, that's opted out. Again, another family member in the NFL bloodlines, J.C. Horn, uh, son of Joe Horn, the fame of putting the cell phone underneath the, uh, as far as the huh. goalpost uh, stanchion uh, there, you know, and uh, dialing up uh, there and uh, being a, a very good wide receiver. His son really helped himself this year. Uh, and again, I think maybe, you know, obviously the success or lack of success that uh, South Carolina have, obviously they fired Will Muschamp, uh, you know, opted out and headed there. And then you go to uh, another safety uh, as far as our first safety on the board, probably the number one overall safety in this year's class is uh, Trayvon uh, Mohring from TCU. Again, a uh, long athletic guy who's going to hit you, a physical guy, uh, something you're looking for there. And I think in terms of safety position, there's value you've seen in terms of uh, what they can do and, and, you know, in the past drafts, um, you know, as far as be productive uh, players there. They're, you know, you don't see them go as high normally as, as other positions, and but they're still valuable and as far as there. And then uh, 29 uh, – nope, that's, that's where we're going to go there as far as those that, there, and then we're going to finish these next four here. So those, those are the, <laughs> the 26 through 28 there. Yeah, and, and then going back to uh, NFL DNA, I mean, uh, you talked about Joe Horn and his son being a DB at South Carolina. Um, 
I, I, and one of those things, I mean, you know what it is, you know, and it's like anything, it's an eye beholder. I mean, I love when these guys kind of grow up with that NFL DNA and that athleticism. And I just think, you know, that, that knowledge can be a little bit deeper than maybe other prospects that we see across the board. And again, um, you know, the one thing, uh, Overall, Justin, I mean, in terms of defensive back, you know, I think we have, you know, Patrick Sertain going number seven. I mean, that's the highest, and we know those guys can go pretty darn high. I mean, especially the elite guys. We have Caleb um, Farley going 13. Um, I mean, um, where do you rank this draft class in terms of just DBs overall? Because I know we don't have any more from what the list I see ahead of me. Um, but in terms, I think we got, uh, we got Horn, we got Wade. I think we got four Farley and uh, – and 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 uh certain yeah and certain so so, so we got, i think we got four or you got four listed right now in the top 32 which i think is a little bit lighter than what we've seen in years past so is, is it fair to say that maybe just top heavy this class doesn't have the elite guys yeah i think i think that's the case there i think in terms of right now got uh you know a handful of guys there but you know in terms of the depth uh for is at the cornerback position it's a little bit lacking than years uh, in the past there. So, you know, you know, the, the two Georgia guys, you know, could be there. I don't think in terms of, I don't think they get pushed up uh, to the first round. You look at Kelvin Joseph or the Kentucky who's an LSU uh, transfer uh, there, you know, there, he's a guy who people like because of his physical size and different things like that. Uh, but I think that's the thing is the NFL right now is looking for those six foot plus tight corners and college football is not giving that. Those guys have gone to play wide receiver, and you're seeing, you know, smaller corners. And so when when guys, when teams say, okay, hey, we're looking for an elite guy, they're looking for a lot more measurables, looking for guys that, that are long and they want to be able to put outside and to be able to match up uh, with these elite receivers that we see, the Michael Thomases of the world. Because you, Michael Thomas is, is not a necessarily a speed burner, but he's a physical, you know, far as receiver we've seen. Julio Jones, A.J. Green, you know, going back to Ter- uh, Terrell Owens, you know, far as just far as you've got to be able to jam up hmm. and it's you've got to be a special athlete to be at, the, you know, play at the next level there. And, and but they also want these guys to be big and physical, too. So it's just becoming more and more hard to find far as what the NFL is looking for uh, there at that elite cornerback position there and, and none did it better than the true only real shutdown corner in Deion Sanders. And we haven't seen a Deion Sanders, huh. a Sean Springs, a Charles Woodson, you know, uh, you know, far as yeah. in a, in a while. And I still don't think we've got them. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And then the final three, Justin, um, give us the final three on the top 32, Justin Van Spolpen big board for 2021. Well, I shorted you one in our last thing. So I'll start with 29. A, uh, Azzy Allurgia, maybe I just don't want to say his name and just murder it there, but the defensive end from Georgia. A lot of people, obviously, Leonard Floyd was a high draft pick out of Georgia as a pass rusher, um, which Chicago didn't pan out there, obviously signed with the, the Rams and has had a kind of a, a rebirth of his career there. Uh, but as far as, again, we're look, always going to be looking for edge guys, you know, as far as to, to rush the passer. Uh, there and he's one of the better ones he's a guy not a lot of people are talking about uh, but uh, you know definitely is a first round type guy and then you know we've got another two receivers coming up Rond, uh, Rondell Moore the wide receiver out of Purdue uh, got his first game action last week 
and was dominant. What we you know saw as a true freshman when he played didn't play a ton last year because of injuries. But this guy is you know far as an elite level receiver slot guy do kind of do it all there. Uh, and then Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota, who again it opted out, came back, and then today opted out again. Um, and again, I think in terms of he he just wasn't having the season that many people thought he would. Minnesota in, in general hasn't had the season that they had. I mean, people had them ranked in the top uh, 25, and, and then they lose to Michigan, and everybody thought, oh, here's Michigan's back and stuff like that. But now we realize that Minnesota just isn't any good because Michigan's horrible too. So he opts out, and then the final in the 32 is, uh, again, a guy who we didn't talk about last year or this early part of the year in terms of the top 32 is Mac Jones, the the quarterback out of Alabama. And, and last year we saw Joe Burrow go from kind of a, a no-name prospect to the number one overall pick because of the elite-level wide receivers and the success that he had at LSU there in the SEC. And that's what we're seeing as far as Mac Jones. And, and as far as a lot of people uh, like him, a lot of people like him higher than the 32 overall pick there uh, in this year's draft. Uh, he's a guy, again, who's, who's rising up draft boards, who's having a lead thing. And, again, if we look at the teams, you know, that need uh, as far as quarterbacks, again, uh, I had sent you that too. I mean, you could look from the Jets, the Jags, the Falcons, uh, the Washington football team, the Giants, the Panthers, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Lions, the Broncos, the Bears, the Bucks, uh, the Saints, if they don't find Taysom Hill. Uh, just, uh, you know, the Steelers, depending on what they've got to replace Ben Roethlisberger at some time. So there's there's a ton of teams that need quarterbacks, and there's more, there's more uh, demand than there is supply there. Again, we'll see uh, Sam Darnold probably get traded and you know get another opportunity. Maybe Haskins does the same thing. If the Giants want to move on from Daniel Jones, someone will, someone will do that. Uh, but it's kind of the new flavor of the month, and it, you got to continue to draft quarterbacks until you find your true franchise quarterback. And I think sometimes uh, teams don't do that because they've gotten burned, so they don't want it. They want to go away from that. But in this league today, you've got to have a quarterback. You look at all these teams that are at the top of the NFL and you know fighting for playoff positions, and they're they're elite quarterbacks playing there. And the teams that aren't playing so well. Uh, whether it's the Jets, uh, the Jaguars, uh, the, the the Washington football team, they don't have a franchise quarterback. So until you have one of those, you got to keep drafting them and be able to hopefully you find one of those. Yeah, I agree with you 100. And I know you're an, you're an NFL agent as well. So this is you know, but you know, I think in terms of the rookie, you know, wage scales and and get you know, we we saw with the Arizona Cardinals, you know, they moved up to take Josh Rosen. They didn't feel comfortable with them. They got the first pick, and they're like, you know what? We're going to move this guy and take Kyler Murray. And, you know, back in the day, you know as well as anybody, when these guys were getting those big, you know, Sam Bradford-type contracts, I mean, these teams were stuck to these guys just in terms of the length of the contract and the money that they had to invest in them. Now we can see teams maneuver and say, you know what? We can wipe the slate clean. They're still young enough for another team. Like you mentioned, Daniel Jones, Sam um, Darnold, where teams might still – Hey, you know what we saw with Josh Rosen? Miami said, you know what? We'll take a shot up with these guys. So, you know, there's there's still some uh, interest from other teams that might have coveted these guys coming out of college. Maybe they think they can resurrect their careers. And then on the flip side, teams still have the opportunity not to be hogtied, if you will, and they can just move 
forward with their franchise and not feel that that strain or that that you know that stranglehold or that big financial burden that we've seen in years past. And and, I, and we see it now not only in the quarterback position. All right, Justin, um, you've, you've fantastic show. I hope our listeners appreciate what you're able to do as we kick off the holiday season. But I'm, I'm curious. One guy on your list, and you could even say it was Jamar Chase. He might slot the number three. What guy amongst those 32 do you feel has the biggest opportunity to really even jump higher up the board? And which is one of those guys, when we do another 32 show, you might not say he's on the board. Well, I think in terms of we talked about in terms of not on the board, I think Sean Wade, you know, he's got to continue to play. But he might, you know, his play might slide him down to the second round there. And a guy, again, I think in terms of those quarterbacks, uh, you know, the Mac Jones is a guy who uh, potentially could could really rise up there. Um, I think you could see a uh, uh, far as Rondell Moore, far as, you know, kind of, you know, move up, um, maybe even a Terrence Marshall move up. Uh, you know, so, so I think some of those guys have those opportunities, especially guys that are playing right now in terms of, uh, you know, it's better to, again, to play, play well, help your draft grade uh, than to, to as far as kind of not play and just kind of be stuck at where you're at there. So, again, you know, uh, one guy who I love, and, you know, it, I think it's a position that, you know, there is, is Kyle Pitts. I mean, just a guy who if you watch and put any tape on against anybody, he's a mismatch for his nightmare. And, you know, to me, he's the best for his true type receiver in this draft and maybe he you know we don't see tight ends go in the top 10 very often obviously we saw the lions uh draft tj hawkinson they drafted eric ebron uh we saw vernon davis go and, and not necessarily those guys have have made it. it's been more for as obviously uh the guys who are elite now travis kelsey and george kittle were you know as far as later mid-round type draft picks but i you know kyle Pitts is i think is a special guy and a guy who, you know, just can kind of help anybody's franchise there and really be an elite uh, playmaker at the next level. Excellent, excellent stuff. And, Justin, uh, you know, let's touch base on it. Uh, we got about five minutes left. So I'm, I don't know how long we'll go on it. But uh, I know you were the one, that, you know, that broke it on Twitter, you, you know, about the, uh, the East West Shrine Bowl cancellation and then not uh, soon to follow. Or it was uh, the NFLPA game. As of now, the senior ball remains uh, on course to be played. But, um, you know, what, what, what's going to happen with all these young men that, you know, we, we know collegiate all-star games, they're, you know, it's coveted for the players. Agents love getting these kids in the game because it's the first time that they can, you know, sit down with a, with a scout, shake hands, and look each other in the eyes, and they get to explain themselves to these, you know, potential hirees. Um, you know, what's going to be the opportunities do you think that are going to exist for the guys that would have been out in Los Angeles at the NFPA or down in St. Pete's at the Shrine game since they're not going to have these chances? Well, number one, they're, as far as not going to be in St. Pete, so you're not going to be in St. Pete, so they don't, they don't get to, to be on your show or, or as far as interact with you. So that, that's, you know, again, a, a one, one big negative there and, and – uh, <laughs> You know, as far as so, but besides that, I think it's, again, I think it goes down to those opportunities for those, those small schools or those non power five guys, or, you know, guys who, you know, haven't, didn't have a great year. Uh, it's really to have really rise their stock and whether it was when we were doing the Texas first nation game and you were, you were there and helping out and part of that, or when we've been down to the Senior Bowl or the East West Shrine game, you, you always see guys help their stock rise. 
you know, you saw with Eric Fisher, you know, and I go back to this all the time with guys talking about all-star games. And, and, and Eric Fisher, again, was a guy who was a top set, you know, as far as top second round pick, maybe late first round pick, maybe, you know, maybe some teams had him in the 20s, but nobody had him as the number one overall pick. He, he's from central Michigan, a Mac school. Huh. So again, a non-power five school goes down to the senior bowl and balls out plays well, shows all the scouts he's an elite guy, an elite left tackle, as the number one overall pick and still in the league. And, you know, in terms of that that draft class, you know, Luke, you know, for Jokel was the second pick and a tackle from a Texas A&M. He's not in the league anymore. But, you know, Fisher is, huh. and Fisher probably gets a, a third contract uh, there in the league. Uh, and if he, if he doesn't go to the senior bowl, he's not the number one overall pick there. And we've seen guys who – you know, whatever whatever game that it was, obviously not the Senior Bowl, but maybe a, a NFLPA game, a Texas First Nation game when that game was was going on there, uh, uh, for his, the College Gridiron Showcase, uh, a Hula Bowl, whatever that go and play well, and they their opportunity because of those All Star games. So I feel bad for for all the the young men, uh, all those guys who are hopefuls. Yeah there because that is a huge opportunity again these 32 guys that we talked about if they go to an all-star game great if they don't it's no big deal Uh, but the guys who we are not talking about the seventh round the pfas uh you know the guys who aren't even you know priority free agents those guys are who hurt yeah definitely and uh you know guys and not to toot my own horn, but my favorite player down at the Shrine game last year was Kevin Dotson. He ends up going to the fourth round to the Steelers. And, you know, who knows if that Shrine game helped him that much. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, I was down there. I was, you know, on the side talking with the Steeler guys. And, you know, they never mentioned Kevin Dotson. But like you said, it's just certain guys, you, you know, you have that moment to kind of compete against the best and come out of, you know, Louisiana Tech. You know, he's not one of these, uh, you know, guys that is from these predominant schools, but, Nonetheless, uh, it is. It's, it's it's a little bit disappointing. It's you know I hope that, I hope there's some sort of creation where these guys are somehow allowed an opportunity to kind of perform and maybe uh, something happens from now to the time that draft rolls around. Maybe maybe there'll be something. You know, if people like to make money, Justin. Maybe there'll be some other games or some other things that pop up. You know, maybe. Geez, I mean, you're talking maybe even after the fact. Maybe even after the combine, maybe somebody will try to put a a game together that allow these guys. And, you know, the guys that are hungry to perform and increase that stock will definitely um, show up. Justin, we're almost out of time, but, hey, man, I, before we go, um, I got to ask one more question. It's not related to football, but it's related to family. How is your brother, my main man, Jared, doing? Yeah, he's good. He is He's doing good. You know, he's, uh, he's a dad. He's about to be another, a dad again. Him and his wife are about to have their second uh, child. Uh, here in January, so he's he's a good guy. He's doing well, and uh, I look forward to seeing him tomorrow. Um, so you know he's uh, he's just waiting for the Lions to fire uh, uh, Matt Patricia and Bob <laughs> Quinn. You know those are the those are the texts I get on a, a daily basis. Why they should or hey could the Lions you know make the playoffs or you know if they dig would you know would they keep Bob and and, and Matt Matt around uh, there? So we'll we'll see again. They play the Texans uh, tomorrow. Uh, obviously, it's a, a holiday Thanksgiving tradition with the Lions and the Cowboys play, and it, it wouldn't be a uh, wouldn't be Thanksgiving. People wouldn't realize it was Thanksgiving if those two teams definitely weren't on uh, their their TV while people were enjoying, as far as uh, their their family and food. 
there on uh, Thanksgiving. But again, we hope everyone stays safe and over, and, you know, everybody for with what's going on with the with the pandemic and remain as far as safe and healthy. Absolutely, and I agree 100. percent And real quick, Justin, um, in case my lo- wife, in case my wife listens into this episode, um, um, the Shrine Game may still be possible. So I, I might just go down <laughs> to the trade one. I might just go down to the trade one hotel in January just to just to recoup for a couple of days on the beach. So we'll just just put that on the back burner. So even yeah, though right. it, it, it is canceled, but there could be a late, late, late change of heart where they put the game on and I can find myself down at the trade winds in January and out of the cold Ohio weather. Justin, we love you. I love you. Um, you're one of the best. And you pulling out the Terry Collins 1995 in an instant just proves how knowledgeable and how respected you are in this business. Hey, man. Tell your brother hello. God bless you and the family. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we appreciate you stopping by. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bo. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Once again, that is Justin Van Fulpen, the, uh, the football next level NFL agent, NFL insider, NFL draft guru, joining us here. As always, we appreciate you stopping by and joining us here on the C2P. This has been a C2P exclusive. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.